Good evening, Patriots. And it is the end of Sunday, November 26th in the year 2023. And I hope you've all had a great Thanksgiving weekend, week, however you did that. Had some time with family. Hopefully had some great munchies, lots of leftovers. You know, you get into the Sunday, you get into Sunday and then it becomes like sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, you get the, the turkey and you get the stuffing, you're putting it into one pan and you're heating it all up <laughs> and it becomes like a, it's like a Thanksgiving mush or something. But it tastes great, you know that. It's awesome. Of course, you have to have the morning start, which is usually, at least for me, it's it's going to be scrambled eggs with turkey and lots of butter and then you're going to have, there's probably a piece of pumpkin pie in there somewhere. You got to have that too. You know that. Oh, and someone said casseroles. Yeah, you can do all sorts of casseroles. All sorts of good stuff. By the time you get to Monday, you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do with all this turkey. <laughs> you're looking at the freezer going, I wonder how long I can keep it in the freezer. Like, will it, will it work till January? Can I keep it there till January? Oh, someone said dog food. That's a good idea. Oh, I've got some cattle update today. Some really awesome stuff. We've got a few things. It's going to be really good. Hey, Patriots, one thing we haven't talked about for a while, but it is really important, is a good night's sleep. And if you haven't noticed, sleep is a premium, and it's hard to get these days to get a good night's sleep with all that's going on. And that's why we have MyPillow.com. The best place to get sleep products to make you feel good, make you feel warm, cuddly, fuzzy. If all those things work with you, they good. For me, it's just about putting my head on a pillow that absolutely works every time that guarantees I have a great night's sleep. I also have the mattress, I have the sheets, I have the comforter, all this thing. It's like the MyPillow system. It's awesome. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. You're going to find all the stuff that is on sale with great promos, and all you need to use is your Bards code, B-A-R-D-S. Take advantage of those great savings. They've got free shipping on a bunch of stuff right now. Their towels are awesome, by the way. I use them every day. The list is endless. It's just great products and great service. So head on over to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Don't miss out on any of the great savings. This is a great time to buy stuff for Christmas too. Great products to give and great gifts. So again, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Promo code Bards. So today, I was getting ready to go into town. And um, I have to pick up. I was getting another sofa, a second sofa, a sleeper sofa for the living room and um, a few other things as I prepare for the trip that I'm going to Tucson, which I leave to sometime early in the morning, like 3 a.m. or something, to go to Eugene to fly. So anyway, I'm getting ready to go, and I'm actually getting my boots on, and I get a text message from my neighbor. She runs cattle. She's got about 150 head around here. And uh, her name is Michelle. She says, Scott, matter of fact, I'm just going to read it to you because it was just an awesome text. And this is something you don't very often get. So hang on just a second. Um, let's see what it says here. I got to find the one because we texted a bunch. It says, hello, you have your first baby born. Now, I'll be honest with you, you get something like that. I was like, I'm, I'm looking at the text because I didn't recognize Michelle's number right away. And I was like, 
what? I've got a baby born. Like, what is this? Anyway, it says, hello, you have your first baby born. And there, uh, and there is a beautiful bald eagle eating the afterbirth next to the baby. Baby is near mama. It's a beautiful moment for sure. And then she says, um, she didn't know if I was here. She says, are you in Oregon? I can run over there in a bit and, and make sure the baby has gotten colostrum. If you're not home, I will get pictures too. Okay, take care. I'm excited about your first baby with the new herd. The first baby was born. It was awesome. And Nikki's got some pictures up somewhere. I don't know where she put them. But um, so what I did immediately, I jumped on the ATV. And you got to be careful the ATVs around cattle because it can spook them. Horses don't spook them. Our mechanical machines do. That should tell you something right there. That's why there's going to be horses coming here soon so I can learn to ride them around the cattle. But anyway, and so I, I got over to, um, I got over there to the top of a knoll, kind of where she said it was. As, and I, as I got off the ATV and I walked over where I thought the baby was, it was down below me. That bald, that bald eagle took off right in front of me. It flew out in front of me. And I was like, oh, man, that's beautiful. And that's where the, where the baby is. And I looked over the edge, and the baby was now up on its feet and walking with mama. And it was precious. Now, I'm going to play something here. I think I can play it. I'll just play it through the mic. I should have downloaded it, but I didn't. So such is life. But So I want you to hear me today and this was an audio message that I did when I walked over where the baby had been born it's it's very very powerful for me in the moment it was so anyway let's see if we can if this works we'll try it if ever there was a moment to be shown as a sign this would be it a moment of birth on the eve of restoration I cannot tell you the emotions that are flying right now. The presence of the Holy Spirit is all over this land. And God is right here. Praise Jesus. And that's truly what it was. It was pretty fantastic. Um, a beautiful moment that I captured there. And God was just flowing through it. And it's a moment of birth. And I, and I will tell you very honestly, uh, sure, here I have my neighbor today. I'm when you work with people and in, in, they work with animals and we get normal, life is normal. And we work with, and when we work in the city, life is not normal. It's the easiest way to say it. So here, I, I've hardly met Michelle. I mean, literally, we've talked on text. I know her husband. We, he and I used to go to high school together. I have not even met her face to face. I've seen her, but I haven't sat down and met her. <laughs> so here she's on the phone today. And I knew immediately when she said this, and we were talking, this was a blessing of birth heading into what I'm going to do on Tuesday, which is the, the reversal of the vasectomy, which is all about this restoration, healing, and restoring the root and down to the seed. And it was a blessing. And I said, I'm talking to Michelle. I said, okay. I said, uh, now th this to be clear, this is Michelle, my neighbor, not Michelle from Resistance Chicks. Okay, so... Another Michelle, so we're clear about this. So I'm talking to her, and and I said, Michelle, I said, we hardly know each other, but Holy Spirit's telling me to just give you this. So I said, this may be TMI, but here we go. And so I laid out that what I was doing on Tuesday, 
And I said, you know, I'm flying down to Tucson tomorrow. I go for a reversal surgery on Tuesday, and then I'm back here on Thursday. And she's like, that is so awesome. She goes, and I'm going to be a grandmother soon too in, in the spring. And I said, when's that going to happen? She goes, well, the baby's due May 28th. I said, you have to be kidding me. I said, Christine's baby, who the family is going to be living up here, Christine Cantrell's new baby is supposed to be on May 26th. Now, look, if we can't start to see what God's doing here, this is pretty amazing. We are literally in a place right now where God is pushing rebirth and restoration, and it is restoration ultimately to the root of everything, which is the church, and from the church comes the family, and from the family come the tribes, and from the tribes come the nations. That is literally what we're witnessing. So I got back up to the house, and I, um, after I went down and saw the calf, and the calf looks beautiful and just so, so innocent, and to see that life it's so, you know, to watch an animal come to life from the placenta out and into the world and it's walking with mama and trying to catch up and, and really amazing amount of, when you consider how long it takes for a baby to walk, I mean, animals are on their feet, calves are on their feet almost instantly. And literally within 20 minutes, it's on their feet. So... Uh, I get in the Jeep because I've got to get into town. And as I pull out and get on the road, the main road, the one of our about 20 acres of the property parallels the road. And I look over and I'm, well, I'm coming up and I see a cow bed down in the grass near the road. And I'm like, I'll bet she's going to have another one. And I pull up and sure as heck, she's in the middle of giving birth. So I pull the Jeep over and I step out. I'm going to film it. And I did do some filming of it, which we'll get up tomorrow. And she saw me and she got spooked a bit. And so she stands up and the baby's head is out. It's coming out of her. And she's dilated. And so she walks around because she doesn't know. I mean, this is like, you don't know if I'm, you, someone has stopped and walked up. I was on the other side of the fence, but still she sees me. She knows me, but still mothers are very protective and naturally so. And so I got back in the Jeep, just rolled my rear window down so I could film. And I just sat there and she came back in the same area and settled down. And I watched this birth. It was beautiful. It's like 10 minutes most, maybe five. And the baby just came right out. And the mother immediately went over to it and started licking it off. And one of the other cows came over to check on it. And as I'm doing that, Michelle's husband, Steve, a friend from high school, came up in his side-by-side. -side. And we sat there, two guys, watching this calf for like 20 to 30 minutes, just watching life being created. And it's real. It's what we don't have in our world much anymore. The whole conversation was about animals and stewardship, and he was going down to check on his animals, and he had pulled over, and we just sat there, and he said, Scott, you know, this is why Michelle and I run these animals is to see these moments like this. And I sent the picture up to Terry Anderson as well. Uh, and it's interesting because his response was basically the same. He said, this is what we like, he says, and this is what they live for. 
is to have the animals give birth. And that's really the cycle. And when you're sitting here in a, grounded in a place like this, where you, I mean, the Holy Spirit's in the land. God is here today and is here all the time, but Holy Spirit is here in this land. And these animals are giving birth. And this is happening on this week in particular, which is pretty amazing. And you have to start reflecting on where we are as a culture and as a people. And you start to realize how deeply broken we have become. We belong on the land. We belong in stewardship with animals. Men, in particular, stewardship with animals. And, it, and for me, there's a lot of emotions going on here right now as I am looking at what I had done 20-some years ago to get a vasectomy. And as I'm looking at animals, and I'm just like, what was going through my mind? There isn't an animal ever that would ask to stop or arrest the birth of its child. A cow doesn't stop the birth. It seeks, that's its purpose, is to bring life into the world. The bull's purpose is to put the seed into the cow so that there is life into the world. And as you're watching this, and I'm looking at this, and I'm standing on the land, and I'm just saying, Lord, and that was a lot of my emotion in that audio piece was, you know, what have I done? And not just what have I done, what have we done? Why is it that we become so obsessed in stopping life when everything about what we do is life? And so, man, I'm going to speak very candidly to you tonight. Because this isn't to the men that work the land, because you know what I'm going to say. This isn't to the men that work the animals, the ride, ride horses, that literally work the cattle. But it is to every man out there that thinks that your purpose and function in life is doing is making money, denying your wife, big family and lots of kids, telling yourself that all the reasons why you can't have a big family. This is to every man out there that wants to cut off his seed and prevent the expansion of of the kingdom. This is every man out there that determines that you're going to have three kids instead of what God wants you to have, which might be 10. You would never do that if you were working the land. You would never do that if the heart and the pulse of who you are was anchored in life and stewardship of the animals. And that's exactly where our problem comes. And the problem and the focus has to be men right now because they are the ones that have been most disconnected from purpose. Men that deal with porn addictions. There's no porn on a ranch. There's no function, purpose, attraction, draw, anything for pornography on the ranch. And yet, we have a massive problem nationally. Because why? Because men don't work the land anymore. They don't work with animals. We have a massive problem of pornography in the ministry and at the pulpit. Why? Because pastors don't work the land. They get a paycheck. It becomes a job. And they have too much idle time 
and too much time on the internet. It's a very settling and very humbling place when you look at birth. And I know most people know this, but witnessing birth like this of any kind, and it, doesn't, it never gets old. It's the miracle of nature. I was watching that head of that calf, calf and it was hanging out of her. The, this is mother number two today. And I'm thinking that calf at this point really can't breathe much. It's being pinched a bit by, as it's coming out, it's being pinched a bit and as it's coming out. And it's the placenta is all over its face. And I'm beginning to worry a little bit because not knowing, you know, what is what is it going to take? Are we going to, are we going to end up with something that's going to be stillborn if it goes too long? And it's probably over an exaggeration at this. But what's amazing is when you watch that animal come out and then you see its first jerk in its breath. And then pretty soon the first thing it's trying to do is to stand up. It's instinctively trying to get on all four legs. And the mothers, they're nurturing it along and, and licking it and cleaning it. And instinctively, the one that had been born an hour and 20 minutes before, you could hardly tell it was born an hour and 20 minutes before. I mean, it's out here walking with mama and hanging around with the big herd. This one. Just watching it come to life. We are, we are supposed to be about bringing life into the world, not taking it away. We are here to prosper and expand the kingdom, not deny its limitations by our hand. And this message is interesting because it's a message that's fire, but at the same time, there's a lot of resistance to it. And it's because when we get into the intimacy with a partner, there is an addictive nature to the physicality of sex, which has nothing to do with kingdom. And I will argue that till my last breath on this earth. And I've heard this so many times now. It's like, well, yes, but God gave us physical bodies to have pleasure. And it's like, yes, but not pleasure at the expense of reproduction and creating more new children in the world. And so once a man cuts his seed, a vasectomy, which in old school would have been a castration. In the modern day, it's just basically a transgender surgery. These are real. The function of the man in the relationship goes away. And so the only thing the man and the woman are left with is sex. And it's not about the singular purpose of what we're here for, which is to create life. So... This is a, this direction of things for me. I'm stepping into an arena now where I was on the eve of flying down to have a reversal done. To have God present life and birth on this property isn't lost on me. Because this is rebirth of so many things. The vasectomy is a curse, is what it is. And once you do that, if you are a man and you've had children, I want you to think about what I'm going to say. And this is a message that is literally hard to take for men. But if you have, have, you have children and you've had a vasectomy, you have given control of your family over to the devil. 
Because what you have basically done is spoken death over your children saying, I want no more of you. And that curse will affect families. It will cause divorces. It will cause children to be disobedient and not love you the way you expected them to. Willfully accepting another path to deviate from you. And I'm sure there's always going to be exceptions. People will say, well, that's not how it would happen to my family. That's fine. I'm not here to generalize every person, but I will tell you that the root of a vasectomy is pain. Because you're doing exactly what God has never told you to do. There is not a single case in biblical history of a family that's prospering under God that is asking God to limit its ability to reproduce. And so the message is very simple. I mean, it's, it's about a walk of repentance for me, but it's deep, deeper than that. It's about a nation that has to come to the grips with the fact that we have been walking in the worship and we've been walking in the sacrifices of Baal and Moloch and doing so in our free will, proclaiming that that is our right to become gods. And that means we have set ourselves at the right hand of God in the throne and proclaimed ourselves equal to or greater than he because we have determined what, when, and where we will have life. Nowhere in there did God say that we can do that. And so I go back to the cattle. And as we look at the cattle and we see this birth and we don't see a mother doing anything other than giving birth and immediately seeking to nurture its baby. It's instinctive. Now this message I'm focusing on men, but it's equally to women. When women are making a decision to have their tubes tied, they're not excluded off of that chopping block. As a society, we have accepted that limitation of birth, limitation of children, limitation of the size of our families is principally okay. We have determined that we can decide those things irrespective of what God may desire for us because we're not even hearing him anymore. We're not talking to him anymore. We've shut him off. And so shutting him off. We've just simply ignored what he's trying to tell us, which is that the greatest blessings come from children. Greatest blessings come from family. Because the anointed structure of, of heaven is the family. And so what ends up happening is that we end this process where we determine the number of kids we want. So we'll say, for the sake of talking, we're going to say three. And then we'd go through all these mechanisms, maybe a vasectomy, maybe not. But somewhere along the way, that road is going to definitely be crossed and discussed. And somewhere there's going to have to be a way to prevent. I just can't believe I'm saying this because I did it. And I'm still sitting here shaking my head. A way to prevent God from working in our bodies and bringing forth children and blessings for the kingdom. We're, we're going to go do everything we can to stop that. Birth control, other forms of, whether it's pill, whether it's mechanical devices, we're going to go into, maybe it's the tubes getting tied, maybe it's a vasectomy. We need to stop this because we're done, we say. But God didn't say we're done. We just said we're done. 
and the curse begins and the sins get worse. And over and over, we become farther detached from heaven and we wonder, what's the problem? Why aren't we receiving the blessings from heaven? Why aren't we receiving the land? And why aren't we receiving the implentiful things from heaven? There's always going to be the exception to this. Always going to be somebody that said, I limited our family. And I still had great success. Heaven's not measured in the amount of dollars in the bank account. But my point being in all of this is we are cursing ourselves in doing so viciously and we're cursing kingdom in the same breath. And so the only way to stop this nonsense is to reverse it and then be able to use those voices to prevent it from ever happening again. Our children are being indoctrinated in public schools to consider that these sort of corrective surgeries, whether it's to change gender or to limit your ability to have children, is normal. They're being taught that being a child and being taught through being a child, being tormented by these gender confusion and all this nightmare they have to live with, that having kids is just not going to be fun. I sat and watched a mother, first-time mother. She's a, she was a heifer. She's now, a, she's now had one. I watched her today nurture her baby. There is an emanating joy that comes out of that animal. I can't see her smile, but I can feel her heart just by looking at her. And she's showing a nurturing and love and care for her baby. And she's got two missions then to do. One, she has to continue to eat because she now has to produce milk. And her bag is full. It's looking good. And... She has to produce milk for this baby so that her baby can grow up and be strong. And she's immediately on mission. She's there nurturing her her baby. She's over grazing on the grass, coming back and checking on her baby, nurturing and pushing her baby to stand up. And finally the baby stands up and can be with mama as she goes along. By the way, we've got 14 more to go. 14 more miracle births, every one of them blessed by God on this property, every one of them going to grow up to be a beautiful cow or steer. And that to me is what our life is supposed to be about. The stewardship of these animals, the working on the earth. It's not about porn. It's not about what you what gets you all excited in the bedroom. A purpose-driven life within the, within the body of Christ, a purpose-driven life for, in God is not a life that wastes its time on things that are non-biblical and not, and not centered in the creation of life. We need to be speaking and living life into this world. And that also means hard days of work. It means getting your hands dirty. Speaking truly on the principle of work itself. I mean, it, handwork, just, you can be a welder, you can be a blacksmith, you can be a mechanic. You can even be like me, do podcasting, but your hands are in cattle half the time, in gardening another half of the time, building another half of the time. Point is that God needs us doing things to build the kingdom. And not be focused just on making money. Because making money is the emptiness 
of Satan himself, sucking the life blood out of each and every one of us, detaching us from the purpose. And this is where all of these problems emanate from. If we were able to get men back to the land, men back to riding horses, men back to being men, you wouldn't be hearing about, gee, what can I do? Should I go get a vasectomy like I did? You're going to be hearing about how to build more family, how to have more hands, how to have a greater prosperity down the road based on children, on bringing more children into the world. And quite frankly, if we don't start doing this anyway, we've got a problem because the birth rate in this country is falling rapidly. And those that are coming in are eager to birth their way to success and power and outbirth everybody else. And they're coming in illegally. So today was a good day. It was a day of birth. It was a day of rejuvenation, the foundation for restoration. So I'm going to read. This is Luke 1, starting at 8. Read through this a minute. Now it happened while Zechariah was serving as priest before God in an appointed order of his priestly division, as was the custom of the priesthood. He was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the temple of the Lord and burn incense on the altar of incense. And all the congregation was praying outside in the court of the temple at the hour of the incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing to the right of the altar of incense. When Zacharias saw the angel, he was troubled and overcame, overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, because your petition in prayer was heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear your son, bear you a son and you will name him John. You will have great joy and delight and you will rejoice over his birth for he will be great and distinguished in the sight of the Lord and will never drink wine or liquor and he will be filled with and empowered to act by the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. That's the ministry of the womb. And this is ultimately the only way back to win this war is for us to start empowering, embracing ourselves in the ministry of the womb. We have to. Because at the core of all of this, if we do not restore the root of our who we are, we have nothing left. Men. It's the role of men to take the lead in the church, the new church, not the church that's already dead with its dead stone walls and its skinny jean pulpit and its marshmallow pew where pastors and deacons and leaders in the church either walk in the idea of limiting the seed with various forms, promote the idea of vasectomies, run LGBTQ flags on their lawn, all this nonsense because that corruption is true, it's real, and it's pervasive and growing across our church landscape. But God needs his churches restored. 
And to restore that, we have to get to the root. We have to have men who truly understand what it is to be mighty men in God. Yes, I made a mistake. And I will correct that mistake before the Lord. And I will do so through a mechanical process of restoration of what I took away from God. Because it wasn't mine to take. And it wasn't mine to sever. And I have repented. And so I was led to do exactly what I will do. Because when I look at a cow and I say a cow and it does not stop the seed, I have to ask myself, how did they get smarter than me? Because they understood the force of nature. They understood the force of creation. They never questioned it. And yet we did. I did. And I was wrong. And I will say this openly. Every man that has done it, you are wrong. I don't want to hear excuses about how great your bedroom sex is because that has nothing to do with the Lord. I don't want to hear the reasons of why you had to limit family because I didn't have the money. That means your eyes weren't on God and you weren't opening up your heart to God to lead him, to have him lead you and bless you for the prosperity of your family that he wanted to give you. And for those men that are piddling out there trying to tell themselves that it doesn't matter that you, as you bury your head into pornography, you just made a contract with the devil. And if you have children, you've just put a death curse on your entire family and them. And if you are a man who has children and by your own seed and you've cut your seed, you have given a death curse to your family for you have simply told God, I want no more of that beauty and Satan, I will take you for the pleasure of the flesh any day. So God be damned is what they are saying. And forgive me, Lord, for saying those words. This is not... an hour for us to play. This is an hour now for men to stand and start rectifying the problems and standing up mighty in this hour, reversing the curse and literally standing forward in this time and saying, there is no greater mission than to build the family. You want to win the war? We need to see people married in covenant. We need to see people build families of great strength and might. We need to see the mighty men of God take control of the new church that preaches without walls, that doesn't preach death from the pulpit, but preaches life and prosperity and expansion of the family. And that's literally putting the eye in the finger of the devil. Because at the root of all things right now is the devil trying to destroy the family in every single aspect. And the greatest war, the silent war that's raging Sure, we can look at the demonic. It's plenty out there. But the real war that's going on quietly is severing the seed of men. Because it's a place no one's looking. Abortion's dramatic, and we still haven't done anything about it. We just complain about it. But in spite of that, and in spite of the horrific nature of abortions, the screaming for, of life, of help, as the, is the fetus, literally, and the spirit is being torn from the mother's womb. Men have convinced themselves that it's okay, then why not just cut the seed so we never get that far? And each of us who have, have aborted babies before they were ever in the womb. I want you to let that set in for a minute. Because God's blessing comes from the seed 
And if men have cut off the seed, then we own the responsibility, the fact that we have literally aborted babies before they've had a chance to enter the womb. That's a heavy one. And it's a heavy one that needs accountability. And to do that, you have to go before the throne and you have to repent. And yes, Jesus forgives and his blood on the cross forgives us for the sins that we have made under contract and sometimes worse, even covenant with the dark side, with evil. And those contracts and covenants have to be broken. They have to be rebuked. They have to be cast before the feet of Jesus. They have to be cast into the lake of fire. And we have to do what we must do, which is literally paint ourselves with a fire of repentance and let God burn it through in the furnaces of refinement to literally let the dross burn off and the silver shine so that he can reform us and redo us as the silversmith of perfection. Because that's what men need to be strong once again. As he spoke the word to me the other day, he said, people don't even know what the church of a true, of the true sons of God looks like. And then he added, the church of Adam. That means we're going back to the garden. That means we're going back to ultimate accountability before him, submitting to him 100%. There's no more I in this. I spoke this the other night and I said, there's no more I in God. And somebody flamed out. They said, that's not true. And they gave me some quote. Let me be clear what I'm saying. When you take control of your life and you declare your life to be a life of me, and everything is about me, I, me, I, there is no I in God. It is submission and obedience to him. And yes, he gives us free will. And yes, we walk in free will. But free will should be in alignment with the desires of what he wants for our hearts. And the, and the commission that is given to us through scripture. And that walk that we make boldly in this world as men and women. But as men who lead and shape the family. We have to see the rise of fathers again who nurture the family, who raise their children up to love the father and to love them. Our entire model is built on abuse and destruction and this the, the, the slathering and blathering of the flesh. Marriages have become things that people pop off simply so they can justify, well, I don't know what they do half the time, it's half the, and I've done it. It's a financial agreement, it's a sexual agreement, but if we really ask the question, how many families are built on the idea of building big families, I think you will be shockingly disappointed to find out how few there are that really sit down and say, my objective in life is to build a large family in this world, to expand the kingdom and to allow God to reach. And expand his family, his tribes. This is an hour that we have a great deal of atonement to make. And so, in the few hours ahead, I'll get in my Jeep and drive to the airport. I'll jump in the plane and fly to Tucson. Tomorrow, Wednesday, Tuesday morning, I'll go into the surgery and spend four hours fixing a problem that never should have had to be created and never should have had to be a problem in the first place. Because I 
Scott Kesterson. Listen to the noise and the confusion of the time. I, Scott Kesterson, chose flesh over God's gift. And I, 22 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it was, decided to walk into a Planned Parenthood and have a vasectomy done that from that point forward changed every bit of the relationships that I had going forward because they became solely based on the flesh. I denied God the right to bless me with his greatest blessing, which is children. And so now I will do what God has asked. I will restore this and I will bring this message to the world and I will fight like a lion to have it heard. And I will raise up as many hearts as I can to prevent those young men from ever doing this or men of any age from doing this. And I will fight to see the family restored and I will fight to see the seed reestablished so that the church rises again based on the right principles of raising great families, big families, and growth. I will rebuke many who seek to find the pleasures in the flesh and try to justify to me that that is God's gift to us, when in fact, his greatest gift is life. And these are the things that we have to look at now if we're going to win this war. Because this war truly is going to take everything we have to an enemy that seeks to do one thing, rape, pillage, and destroy the family. 1 Corinthians 6. The body is not intended for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body, to save, sanctify, and raise it again because of the sacrifice of the cross. And God has not only raised the Lord to life, but will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Am I therefore to take the members of Christ and make them part of a prostitute? Certainly not. Do not know. Do you not know that one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says, the two shall be, be one flesh. But the one who is united and joined to the Lord in one spirit with him run away from sexual immorality in any form, whether thought or behavior, whether visual or written. Every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the one who is sexually immoral sins against his own body. Do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is within you? whom you have received as a gift from God, and that you are not your own property? You were bought with the price. You were actually purchased with the precious blood of Jesus and made his own. So then honor and glorify God with your body. And so I shall. Patriots, let's pray. Father God, we just come to you tonight humbled and blessed with a prayer of opening a thank you for this very day, for the birth of two young calves on this property, on this land. 
a reminder of the season in which we now enter, which is birth and restoration and life. Father, this is a moment in time of accountability as well for the, the things in which we have done. To repent for our sins and stand humbly before the cross and before the throne and say, Father, look what I have done. And then to take that humbleness and that humility which we must have, that, repentance, that repentant heart, and now walk back and undo all that we can. To not limit anymore the size of families, but rather to honor the blessings of children as they come into this world and to protect them, to nurture them, and to raise up mighty families and kingdom. Father, we pray for these things in this nation, in this land, for it is the root of all things that will, of the family that will change this world. And let that, that root touch every heart of every man to awaken his passion again to build families large, to nurture them with his love and the love of kingdom that flows through him, and to listen to the wisdom of the word, to guide their families in walking with Christ, to cast off any addictions that they have that ultimately speak and declare death curses upon their family, to undo damages done like vasectomies, to remove that curse of death upon their children, and to now stand boldly in this hour and speak life into the world, speak life into their families, and lead them as mighty men of God. That is our prayer, Father. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. Oh, patriots, it's important that we hold ourselves accountable and that we walk in a way that is accountable to our, to our Father. We have a gracious Father who loves us immensely. And so wherever we've stumbled, be true in your heart, repent, and make it right. Have a blessed evening. Tomorrow's morning show will be canceled. There won't be a morning bended knee. I'll be flying actually down to Tucson. And I'll have to give you an update on schedules. I really don't know my show schedule for the next two days. Just pay attention to what's there. Nikki will be posting stuff up for everybody to hear, okay? Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land, expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy, mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you soon. <laughs> it won't be tomorrow morning, but it probably will be tomorrow afternoon. It'll be good. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now.